0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President, Tony Perkins.
1: great to have you joining us. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition of Washington Watch, the question is, will Congress allow Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to set the spending priorities for the 118th Congress?
2: The appropriators have agreed to a framework for an omnibus agreement that will fully fund the federal government in fiscal year 2023. This is welcome and important news. Congress now has a roadmap for funding the government before the conclusion of the 117th Congress, something the majority, the large majority of us want to see.
1: Now, why would Republicans give Democrats the ATM card just weeks before the GOP takes control of the House? We'll talk about it with Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. And do you remember this statement by Vice President Kamala Harris prior to the election that she made to Chuck Todd on Meet the Press? The border is secure, but we
0: also
2: have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed.
3: We're going to have 2 million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is
2: secure? We have a secure border... In that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration.
1: We have a secure border. Uh, Somebody forgot to tell all those people that are coming across the border. The border is being overrun. In fact, it's being overrun to such a degree that even California Governor Gavin Newsom can see that there's a problem. The fact is, what we've got right now is not working and is about to break in a post 42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. And I'm saying that as a Democrat. Well, we're going to talk about it. While the borders are being overrun, the economy continuing to stagger and the world is becoming a more unstable place. What is the focus of the Biden administration? Pushing their radical woke ideology everywhere, including in the military, Democrats blocked an effort by Republican members of the House Armed Services Committee yesterday to investigate the Department of Defense and their promotion of transgenderism. We're going to talk about that with Georgia Congressman Andrew Clyde, who was leading that effort. And speaking of the transgenderism of this administration, which seems to be their sole focus, the president's comments yesterday at the signing of the Disrespect for Marriage Act were once again very revealing about their priorities. Now, this effort to redefine marriage was never just about marrying the one you love. That's a great soundbite, but that's not what it's about. So what did the president say yesterday was so revealing? Stick around. I'll play it for you later when FRC's Travis Weber joins me here on Washington Watch. All right, folks, as we approach the end of the year, let me thank all of you who have partnered with the Family Research Council in 2022. Now, this program of Washington Watch, a product of the Family Research Council, is made available. It's possible because of folks like you all across this country standing with us financially. Well, thanks to a special year-end challenge match by Friends of FRC, if you choose to partner with us now, your gift will have double the impact if it's received before December the 31st. So we've got folks standing by that will take your phone call. If you give us a call, 800-225-4008. That's 800 800- 2254008 or as always you can visit tonyperkins.com Our word for today comes from Isaiah 32 verses 1 and 2 Behold a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice a man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land Now, this prophetic message from Isaiah was directed both at Hezekiah, who was a reformer and a good king of Judah, but also Jesus, the Messiah, who will be the ultimate righteous ruler. He will reign in righteousness and will be a rock, a shelter for the people against the misdeeds of others. While we will not see government in perfect form until we see Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords, his government, which is still to come, is a model that human leaders should aspire to emulate As history, both past and present, reveals that people benefit greatly from godly leadership. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Earlier today, key GOP senators delivered a letter to Republican leader Mitch McConnell confirming their opposition to ramming through a Pelosi-Schumer omnibus spending bill in the final days of this lame-duck session of Congress. Now, such a bill would lock in Democrats' spending priorities through most of 2023, even though Republicans will take control of the House in just a couple of weeks. Now, with government funding set to exp- expire in two days, what can we expect as the budget negotiations continue? Joining me now to discuss this and much more is one of the authors of this letter, Senator Ron Johnson. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Budget Committee. He represents the state of Wisconsin. Senator Johnson, welcome back to the program. Oh, Tony. Uh, great to be back. And, and by the way, congratulations uh, on your election, re-election to the uh, United States Senate. Appreciate it. All right. What are the uh, what's the status of the negotiations here as we're just a couple of days away from uh, current government funding ending?
3: Well, the press is reporting that there's an agreement on a framework between Senate uh, Democrats and Senate Republicans. You know, from my standpoint, uh, what uh, I've been doing with a bunch of my colleagues is we've just try and been trying to point out the reality. Uh, one question I'm asking my colleagues as well as reporters, uh, you know, how much did we spend as, in total to the U.S. government last year? And what's interesting is just look at the expression on their face because virtually no one knows. And th- then I try and absolve them of, of any guilt and say, listen, it's, it's not your fault that you don't know. It's because we never talk about it. And so what I've been doing over the last couple of days is providing those those numbers. Uh, let me tell you, listeners, last year we spent $6.3 trillion. In 2019, before the pandemic, we spent $4.4 trillion. Now I, I realize uh, that we had a pandemic and, uh, you know, I think we, uh, didn't spend very wisely during that pandemic, but we spent about $6.4 trillion more over three years than that uh, $4.4 trillion baseline. Um, and the, the point I'm trying to make is if we were looking at a spending level for 2023, and let's face it, we're two and a half months into this fiscal year, never, never brought up an appropriation bill, we'd be looking at spending about $4.8 trillion this year just by growing the $4.4 trillion by the population growth and inflation, $4.8 trillion. Uh, Another Another handy figure to have is last year, we had $4.9 trillion in federal revenue. What we're talking about, what's on the table right now with this omnibus is $6 trillion. And the question I'm raising with my colleagues is, you know, why are we looking at a $1.6 trillion increase in the baseline over 2019 spending? Where the pandemic is, is by and large over. We're, we're pretty well back to uh, normal business. Why don't we return to you know something closer to the $4.4 trillion baseline? It's something people can't, it's a, it's a question people can't answer. The other thing I point out is of the $6.4 trillion spent over three years, Higher than that, 4.4 trillion, 5.4 trillion of that went to mandatory spending. I, I would have expected most of that COVID relief going to discretionary spending. That you know, once the once the pandemic was over, that spending would go away. And, and, and again, we're not getting answers to the question: Why did 5.4 trillion of that spending get put into mandatory spending, which you know just proceeds without anybody even looking at it? It's it's, it's really what's driving our deficits. What's driving the the mortgage of our kids future. So there are so many questions that need to be answered and what I support was uh, Senator Mike Lee, you know, we hate CRs. That you know, we don't want to support a CR, but we're all willing to we're willing to support a CR that funds the government through February 4th so we have more thoughtful consideration of the spending bill. But again, leadership both parties want to ram this thing through without any member really seeing what's in it. Uh, you know, drop a multi-thousand page uh, bill on our desk and expect an up or down vote uh, within hours.
1: So just to to recap what you, you shared with us, we're looking at over government revenue and government spending in this coming year based on what we're talking here, and we don't know everything because, as you said, they haven't provided the text. We're looking at about, uh, close to a $2 trillion deficit? Well, it, it's
3: hard to say what the deficit will be. What I can say is Treasury is expecting us to spend about $6 trillion this year. That compares to pre pandemic spending of about 4.4. So that's an increase of about $1.6 trillion, about a 36% increase over what we spent prior to the pandemic.
1: What are they projecting the revenue to be?
3: I was explaining why. Why would we be spending that much more than we did prior to the
1: pandemic? Well, we've grown government. I mean, you know how this works. Once you put money out there, you never get it back. It's, there's become there's this entitlement all of a sudden. These, these departments feel like they have to have this money. And, of course, the Democrats have used it to buy a lot of votes, it looks like. What about the debt ceiling? I have not heard much said about the debt ceiling. Is that going to be a part of these negotiations? Well, that's generally
3: what Senate leadership does on a bipartisan basis. They use these must-pass pieces of legislation to you know, push through with nobody basically really even knowing it, you know, either a a dollar increase to death ceiling or just simply suspending it. Uh, The death ceiling has been increased so many times since uh, I've been in Congress, uh, can't even keep track of it. Uh, The whole death ceiling was instituted to force uh, some kind of fiscal controls to be attached to it. Uh, It should be an unpleasant vote, Uh, so unpleasant that it would prompt members to say, okay, uh, you know, basically vow to sin no more uh, mm-hmm. to, to some kind of fiscal controls, which, by the way, it's our conference position that should we increase the debt ceiling, we're we're only going to support it if we attach to it things like full faith and credit, uh, Preventing Government Shutdown Act, the RAINS Act, you know, some fiscal controls right. to rein in the size of government. Uh, we haven't been following our own conference guidelines there.
1: So, Senator Johnson, as I appreciate the situation, what Congress is poised to do is to put forth an omnibus, a massive piece of legislation that spends trillions of dollars that will lock in this 118th Congress for almost the entire first year of a budget where the priorities really reflect the Democratic Party.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And again, $1.6 trillion higher than what we were spending pre-pandemic.
1: And generally speaking, activity in a new Congress happens in the first year. If they're going to take any tough votes, if they're going to do anything tough, it's going to happen in the first year, not the second year. So I don't I would be shocked if in the second year of the 118th Congress, all of a sudden we have some battle over fiscal responsibility. Well,
3: that's always going to be a challenge here because the American public does like federal government benefits. Uh, and members of Congress are, are more than happy to deliver that, and it's easier to deliver that if you're never discussing the full extent of the problem. Again, the, the, the question I've been posing to reporters as well as colleagues, when I used ask them, how much did we spend last year, and the, the puzzled look on people's faces is priceless, it's because we never discuss it. We'll, we'll talk about certain elements. We'll talk about $10 billion here being spent for this worthy cause, or $200 billion being spent for that worthy cause. We never put the entire budget together and put it in the context of the fact that we're already thirty-one, more than $31 trillion in debt, a, a, a debt level that, that far exceeds the size of our economy, and, and really talk about how this irresponsible deficit spending is fueling the inflation. One right. of the things I put out is you know, I've heard the number throwing about about $858 billion for defense. Uh, Because we are a dollar at the start of the Biden administration is only worth 88 cents, that that $858 billion is really only buying about $750 billion worth of uh, product for defense uh, that we would have purchased at the start of the Biden administration. Senator,
1: Senator, we're we're up up against a break. If you'll hold that thought, we're going to come right back to it, and we're also going to talk border on the other side of this break. Folks, stick with us. Senator Johnson joins us again. Don't go away.
0: Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible
4: Learn more at frc.org forward slash life.
1: back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us on this Wednesday. Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, my guest, he serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Budget Committee. Senator Johnson, thanks for uh, sticking around. I want to get to a couple more topics, but first, what's the time frame that we anticipate some decision on whether we're going to have an omnibus or we're going to see a short-term CR into the next year?
3: Well, certainly within uh the the next week, uh, but might be a matter of days.
1: All right. We'll be watching that uh, closely. And I hope you and your colleagues trying to hold the conservative line are successful and in, in, uh, the, the 118th Congress hands, the Republicans' hands are not tied by this Pelosi-Schumer budget. I want to go to the border. This is something you've spoken about quite a bit. You know, the the administration saying the border is secure, uh, but with the lifting of uh, 42, the the provision that allows them to expedite the removal of those in uh, the country, being lifted, uh, coming into the country illegally, being lifted, um, what's going to be done here? This is a this is a crisis. It
3: is a crisis. Uh, this administration won't even admit it's a problem. Secretary Mayorkas uh, testifies before our committees and says it's a challenge. Uh, you know, when they talk about a broken system, uh, prior to uh, their administration, they're talking about the, we just weren't as efficient at processing and dispersing as the Biden administration has become. Last time I did a a pretty close calculation, this was months ago, more than 3 million people had come into this country, either encountered, processed, and dispersed, or come across as a known or unknown god-away. we got to be approaching 4 million people. uh, Since the Biden administration, to put that in perspective, 22 states have a population less than 4 million people. Uh, 17 states have a population less than 3 million people. So this is an enormous problem. It's uh, going to become larger and larger. I mean, Tony, you realize this. We're, we're the land of the free, home of the brave. we have a land of unlimited opportunity. So tens of millions of people, you know, legitimately or, I mean, justifiably want to come to this country. Okay. Uh, we can't accept all comers. And the fact of the matter is uh, the human traffickers are some of the most evil people on the planet. This Biden administration's open to border policy is... Uh, facilitating the business model of some of the most evil people on the planet, probably the them is somewhere close to $20 billion a year. That, that's the amount of money we're, we're putting into people's pockets. We have an HHS whistleblower that uh, uh, James O'Keefe uh, uncovered through Project Veritas and you know, basically saying that the federal government understands and realizes they're turning over uh, these migrants to sex traffickers, uh, to, to you know, human enslavement. Uh, it's unconscionable. It, it's beyond a crisis. This is humanitarian crisis. There, there's and, so much
1: uh, there's so much this administration does. It's inexplicable. It, it makes no sense. Not if you not if you care about people the way they say they do. You're right. They they,
3: they claim that their approach is more humanitarian. But what's humanitarian about setting this process where people sell children, become family units? Uh, yeah, we, we had one of the larger mass murders in U.S. history. It didn't involve a gun. It involved the the trailer of a tractor trailer where fifty three uh, souls were lost because of uh, you know extreme heat from you know again these were
1: human smugglers. Have the Democrats uh, again, had have, have the Democrats had any hearings on that?
3: No, no. You know, when I was chairman of Homeland Security, we had more than three dozen hearings. We have not had a hearing on the crisis of the border in Homeland Security. Not one hearing.
1: Speaking of hearings, you have to have your own kind of hearings in order to get information out. And we're not going to have enough time to cover this as it should be covered. But you had your second gathering of what's called the second opinion. You brought together uh, medical experts to speak to the issue of the covid vaccine and the information that's not getting out there. This is stunning to realize the information that the government is is keeping under wraps and how they've been misleading the American people. It is stunning. Uh, you know, the, the perpetrators of this will never admit
3: they're wrong. They can't afford to be proven wrong. The Body count is, is far too high. And Tony, totally, the problem is they have the power of uh, the COVID cartel, the administration, health agencies, big pharma, our, our mainstream media, big big tech uh, social media giants. They have the power to make it almost impossible to get the truth out. But yeah, we, we held an event last week and we called it uh, COVID-19 vaccines, what they are, how they work and how they can cause injury. Uh, Three hours is available on Rumble. It has uh, over 600,000 views already. You know, please share it around. The, the American public needs to have the truth. They need information so they can actually have informed consent as whether or not they want to take a booster, whether they want to subject their children to this uh, this experimental uh, gene therapy, which is what it really is. It's not, it's not a traditional vaccine. We should have exercised far more caution. We should acknowledge the vaccine injury so these people can get help.
1: Right. And and based on the testimony I I've, I've read through uh, what took place in your hearing that this is mutating and this uh, this vaccine that they're using is is ineffective. In fact, it may be causing uh future uh problems for for offspring of those who have gotten this vaccine. Well, the vaccine bi-
3: distributes all over the body. It accumulates in, you know, things like the ovaries that could affect reproduction. Um Countries that are heavily vaccinated, they're, they're experiencing uh, you know the highest levels of COVID deaths. Uh, you know, we've seen a real shift in excess mortality from from the elderly to the more healthy population uh, in terms of working age people. Uh, Germany just released some some information showing that their deaths per week uh, more than doubled at start of a 2021 hasn't abated. Uh, there, there's so many safety signals out there that are just being ignored. On Bayer's, we have over 32,500 deaths reported worldwide. Twenty six percent of those are occurring on day zero, one or two. The FDA, CDC, they're just shrugging. They're completely ignoring this problem. Uh, it should be concerning
1: every American and the American public deserves the truth. That's what I'm trying to provide. And you're doing a great job. at it, And I greatly appreciate it. Senator. We only got 30 seconds left. But th- th- the question I have is why? Why does the government sit on this? Why the collusion between big pharma and big government? What are they after? Well,
3: they wanted a mass vaccination program, even though they were warned that uh, mass vaccination in the midst of a pandemic could cause the variants that we're starting to see right now. So, again, the body count is way too high. They, they can't afford to be proven wrong, and they have the power to make it very difficult to prove them wrong.
1: Well, f- fortunately, we have uh, men and women like you that aren't going to let them have the total say. And uh, you're welcome on the program anytime to talk about those issues. We're grateful uh, for you pulling back the curtain. Well,
3: God God bless you and your
1: audience. A very
3: Merry
1: Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas to you, Senator, as well. Senator Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin. I I don't know if we have a link up on the website. If not, we'll try to get one to the Rumble uh, video. But, I mean, these are medical. In fact, many of these individuals we've had on our program that he assembled to talk through this. You know, big tech, of course, we saw with the Twitter files that this was really at the heart of the censorship. And uh, Hopefully, in the 118th Congress with Republican investigation oversight, we're going to see even more information uh, come out. All right, don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead as the Democrats blocking inquiries into the military's misguided priorities. That's next. Don't go away.
4: Are you a university student?
1: Christmas, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday, the website, tonyburkins.com. Yesterday, House Democrats blocked the call for an investigation into military policies dealing with gender identity. Republican members of Congress pushed for a resolution of inquiry into orders uh, in order to formally request from the Pentagon all records dealing with its gender-related policies. But Democrats on the House Armed Services Committee blocked that from happening. Why? Is it because they don't want to see, or they don't want the public to see the misplaced priorities of the Biden administration? Well, joining me now to discuss this is one of the Republicans spearheading the effort, Congressman Andrew Clyde. He serves on the House Committee on Homeland Security and the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. He represents Georgia's 9th Congressional District. Congressman Clyde, welcome to Washington Watch.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to to come uh, and speak with you.
1: So let's just start with uh, what were you hoping to learn from this inquiry and simply asking to be able to to see what's going on? What were you hoping to find out?
2: Well, you know, this resolution of inquiry uh, was intended to find out from the military the exact origin of their, you know, the wokeness that's really creeping into our military and has been creeping in for, for a number of years. Uh, it's damaging our readiness. It's damaging our retention. Um, you know, our ability, our fighting uh, ability has been decreased. Uh, it's just really been difficult for our military because of the focus on, um, you know, pronouns. Right. They should be focusing on fighting. They should be focusing on training. They should be focusing on making sure that we are the most lethal fighting force in the world, not on uh, on what we call each other, you know, they, them,
1: him, her, whatever, you know. You You, um, you made reference to the recruitment. I mean, the military, yes. all branches, having difficulty meeting their recruitment goals. We see morale being low. Of course, we're booting out healthy people because they won't get a what we now know ineffective vaccine so what what do you think the motivation is for the democrats in simply blocking this request to get information is it simply politics to them or is it what we see from this administration being fixated on this issue of uh, this sexual ideology well i think
2: that uh, that the left really wants to use the military as a way to spread their they're, uh, you know, ultra left wing ideology, and they don't want us to see the origins of it. Uh, you know, Secretary Austin and uh, President Biden have bowed down, in my opinion, to the left pro- uh, progressive agenda. And uh, it's it's really hurting our military. And I want to find out the truth here. I want to find out where it came from. And I want to find out uh, how we can stop that. You know, if we can find out where it came from, uh, we can defund it. Uh, we can pinpoint it and then uh, maybe we can eliminate some of the positions through the Holman rule and appropriations uh, that uh, that focuses on this gender ideology, that focuses on, on uh, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion uh, that needs to be eliminated from our military.
1: You know, uh, Congressman, that's a really good point that people need to understand that with the 118th Congress with Republicans having control in the House, not the Senate, but the House, don't do not have the White House, but Congress funds the government and many of the policies are attached to spending. And so uh, you have the the power of the purse. So you might not be able to pass laws, but you certainly can defund those things which run counter to, in this case, I would argue national security.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you're absolutely right, Tom. Um, it does run counter to national security. And uh, when the military focuses on these sort of things and doesn't focus on readiness um, and doesn't focus on esprit de corps, uh, the traditions of our military, uh, then our nation suffers from it. Uh, we have a, we have issues then with uh, the projection of power overseas. Uh, in a, as a combat veteran, someone who's served in the Navy for 28 years and who's got three combat tours overseas in Iraq and Kuwait, uh, I can tell you that the strong horse is respected. Uh, right. The weak horse is shamed and the weak horse is attacked. And right now, President Biden and, and Lloyd Austin, our, our defense secretary, uh, they're not respected overseas in, in well, foreign if, life.
1: Well, if we were teaching military history to those in the military and not pronoun usage, they might understand <laughs> that uh, strength is, all, is the path to peace. And mm-hmm. But that's not what we're learning or what our men and women in the military are learning today.
2: No, I think Ronald Reagan said it best. You know, we will achieve peace through strength, and uh, that's the that should be our focus. Unfortunately, it's not our focus, and so this uh, resolution of inquiry is intent to find its intent is to find the source of this and uh, see how infected our military actually is, and then that gives us the opportunity to go after it and to eliminate it. As I said, through appropriations processes.
1: Well, Congressman Clyde, I certainly hope that happens in the 118th Congress as the Republicans will have control of those uh, committees. Thanks so much for joining us today. Merry Christmas, and I appreciate you coming on.
2: Well, thank you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, too, and your family.
1: Absolutely, thank you for your service. You know, I had the privilege of serving under Ronald Reagan when he was president, as I was in the, the Marine Corps, and, and he absolutely did believe that our military after Vietnam was kind of in a not a good position. He rebuilt it. He understood that strength was the path to peace. And you, you would think we would uh, we could learn from history, unless there's an ulterior motive, which, frankly, I, I think there is because a weak nation can be easily led. All right, coming up next, I'll continue a discussion that we started yesterday about the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Several of the Republican senators who enabled this to pass are now offering excuses to their constituents. We're going to take a look at those excuses next with Travis Weber. on the
4: Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
1: This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Wednesday. As I mentioned at the top of the program, as we come to the end of the year, I want to thank all of those who have supported us throughout the year. We receive no government money. We don't hear any advertisers on here we don't have advertisement we are here simply because of folks like you who are concerned about our country one information As you if you're a f- frequent listener you know that I bring you the news makers ask them the questions many times the questions you would ask them and I let them talk uh, so that you can hear directly from them unfiltered by the bias media and we we bring you information from a biblical perspective we want truth we're going to fight for the truth. We're going to advocate for the truth. And so we need your support, frankly. We can't do this without you. And if you'd like to uh, to join with us, we've got members of our team standing by to take your phone call. Simply call 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. And you can make a contribution because of a matching grant that some generous friends of FRC have made. You're the impact of your gift will be doubled if uh, it's given before december the 31st so call 800 225 4008 or visit tonyperkins.com the passing of the so-called respect for marriage act was uh, finalized yesterday with a uh, uh a a uh i'm i'm trying to choose my words carefully here as i describe what took place at the white house the ceremony it was uh, it was heart-wrenching uh, to see a presidential speech in the presence of drag queens uh, as special guest. The the speech not only from President Biden, but also from Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi were notable for their use of religious imagery, as well as for the linking, the redefinition of marriage to a larger agenda that includes transgender surgery for for children. Uh, I've said before on this program, that the Disrespect for Marriage Act was enabled by 12 Republican senators. And you know what? They're getting backlash from many of you who are calling them. And that's good. They need to hear it because I believe they've sold this country out. And the effects of this are going to be long lasting when it comes to religious freedom. And when we talk about religious freedom, you know, people want to say, well, w- w- you can still go to church. That's not religious freedom. Religious freedom, the free exercise of religion, is the ability to live your life according to your faith. And that means you can raise your children in a way that will honor the Lord and understand. You can teach them the truth, and it's not going to be countered by government. You see, when government undermines parents who are teaching their children truth from Scripture, that's ungodly government. In fact, that's evil government. And that's what kind of government we have today. Now, that's the facts. Now, I, I, want you, I want to play a clip before I bring in my next guest. I want to play a clip of uh, President Biden yesterday when he was speaking uh, at the ceremony where he signed this just prior to signing this in to law. Now, I said at the top of the program that there's a bigger agenda here. It's bigger agenda. They're always talking about, well, you know, you need to be able to marry who you love. You know, it. it and, and we said this back at the very beginning of this debate nearly 20 years ago when it came to the effort to redefine marriage. That, that was not what this was about. And, and we should have been, I mean, we've seen it. I would hope that the broader public would see that that's not what it's about. You know, it's just like what we're seeing with him going after these uh, cake makers, cake bakers, and all the people involved in the wedding industry. They could go someplace where the people had no qualms about celebrating and supporting same-sex marriage. But no, they target the Christians because they want to force them to celebrate it. Tell me that that's tolerance. That's not tolerance. Here's what the president had to say just prior to signing the law. Uh, Play clip number 10. We need to
3: challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states, targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they're loved and we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves.
1: I thought this was about signing a... a a bill that redefines marriage so that people of the same sex could get married. I I thought that's what this was about. No, it's not about that. It's about this entire radical agenda, this ideology that really is perverse, and it is the height of rebellion against God as he has made us. And so what does he talk about? We need to challenge the hundreds of callous and cynical laws, introduced in the states targeting transgender children. It's not targeting transgender children. It's keeping them, these children, from being targeted by the agenda of those who want to confuse them about their sexual identity and then mutilate their bodies. But they make it sound as if they are the protectors of the children. They are the predators on our children. That's what they are. Fortunately, we have courageous lawmakers at the state level who are standing up and saying no. And state after state are passing laws like the SAFE Act, which originated with the Family Research Council to protect these children from experimentation, mutilating their bodies for the rest of their lives. This is, this is evil, absolutely evil. And folks, if what we see happening in Washington, D.C. today, or what we saw today in means of this moment in time, does not grieve us and does not alarm us trending this morning on social media was the term Sodom and Gomorrah how fitting except Sodom and Gomorrah didn't go as far as the Biden administration and our Congress did join me now to talk about this and a bit more Vice President of Policy here at the Family Research Council and Government Affairs Travis Weber Travis welcome back to the program Thank you, Tony. All right. I couldn't wait to get started to bring you on. So um, your reaction to the president's comments yesterday?
0: Yeah. You know, as, as I was listening, Tony, this is its just tragic. And I, I think um, you have leaders of our country who are supposed to be leading, but they're standing up and making utter fools of themselves as they walk our country toward a road of destruction. Uh, you know, it's not... The words coming out of their mouths are one thing, but if you examine what's underlying that, there's an attack on parental authority, an attack on parents, an attack on children themselves, an attack on the family. And as you noted, this is unconnected to what they're claiming it's about, same-sex marriage, uh, supporting same-sex marriage, and somehow protecting interracial marriage as though anyone is trying to attack that. So when you look at the disconnect between what the they're claiming this is about, what it's actually about, Believers need to, as you noted, believers need to wake up and start praying. We need to wake up to the direction we're on going right now and be praying because there are serious problems. And this is a critical juncture, critical milestone, and hopefully a critical call to action for believers around our land who care about the family, care about children, care about biblical things, not political things, care about biblical things to wake up, pray, and then act.
1: Yeah, I, I would. If this does not cause the church to arise and wake up, I, I'm not sure what will. And as as we've said all along, Travis, this is not just about marriage. And the president, out of his own mouth, admits this is about advancing their agenda. But he goes further because he talks about. Um, I mean, right after he made that previous statement that I played, and I'm going to play this next clip. It's if you stand in the way, you're the equivalent of a racist. Play clip number 11.
2: Folks,
3: racism, anti Semitism, homophobia, transphobia, they're all connected. But the antidote to hate is love. This law and the love it defends strike a blow against hate in all its forms. And that's why this law matters to every single american no matter who you are
0: or who you love
1: travis your thoughts on that
0: yeah i mean tony this what he's you can almost take the language that you hear there and 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 modify it a little bit and that that would actually be what's occurring so when he says this strikes a blow against hate in all its forms it actually strikes a blow for hate against believers who are simply trying to live out their lives in peace, uh, free, you know, they're not trying to meddle in anyone's business, trying to live their lives in peace. Jack Phillips, you mentioned his case. And incentivize the marginalization of them. Incentivize actions which we're being told are hateful, you know, coming from us, but in actuality are being directed at us. And this language, it's, it's the language of God, that people are taking, gutting it of its meaning, inserting their own, their human meaning, their preferred meaning, and then reoffering that as somehow from God. And Wait, this let, is let very be, dangerous.
1: You, you mentioned that, and, and you know, so that people don't think we're making this up or twisting things, I, I want to play a couple clips that make that point. I want to play, uh, th- this is uh, the House leader, Steny Hoyer, who was, uh, this was his remarks on the floor Last Thursday, prior to the passage of the disrespect for Mary Jack clip 12, please. Somehow, we would interpose our own judgment. Denial, denying that all people are created equal and endowed by their creator, not by us, not by the Constitution, by their creator, with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness, certainly pursuit of happiness, means that you can love whom you choose. So the creator is about same-sex marriage, about transgenderism?
0: Yeah, I mean, Tony, you could, taking what he said right there, his own words, he's just judged the book of Genesis. He has laid Stenyhor's judgment on Genesis 1 and 2, male and female, he created them. A, a man shall leave his father and mother and join whose wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, That—that's God's words. Senney Hoyer is just trying to modify them um, <clears throat> by claiming, um, uh, you know, we, we're somehow couching this in the language of the Creator, couching this in the language of of what he thinks, you know, uh, Americans need to think about what how God views this, and he's obviously dead wrong. But it's dangerous. It's—it's it's dangerous, when we see leaders playing with the language that our nation has rested upon for hundreds of years. And we might you know, not see uh, all the effects of this tomorrow, but we will see them very soon. And you know, we, we talk about a timeline of months, maybe years uh, on some of these ill effects of, of sending our culture, sending the signal that this is where our country should go. Not just letting it go, we're talking about it should go this direction. I mean, they're holding this up as the moral standard. And you know, Tony, as we've talked about the problems with this bill, this will create a national policy in favor of this. So if you're not for what this bill is about, uh, you you're need to be changing your beliefs. You need to have your views modified or you're going to be marginalized. And that's why these religious liberty protections are so paltry and they're, they're insufficient because they don't do anything about what the bill does in terms of a moral signal Congress is sending. So obviously troublesome, but it's dangerous. We need to be right. praying for these leaders.
1: even more dangerous than tinkering with the foundation, the constitutional foundation of our country, is making a mockery of God, his word, and transcendent truth. And I want to play another clip. This is from uh, Senator Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Schumer at the White House yesterday at the signing ceremony. Clip number 16.
2: I remember sitting in my office in September with the negotiators of the bill And they asked me to delay a vote because we weren't sure if it would pass. I took a risk. I put my faith in the better angels of human nature. And praise God, we succeeded.
1: Praise God that we redefined his institution, that he created marriage. Yeah, I mean, mean, Tony, this this is so dangerous from a spiritual standpoint for our nation. I mean, in the president, I didn't have the clip, but the president also made the comment yesterday, he said, you know, this wasn't the court. That's one thing to have a court redefine marriage. He didn't use redefined marriage, but he had He talked about the court doing. He said, but this is the elected representatives of the people. And you know what, Travis? There is something significant about that. I believe the nation now is accountable for what we have.
0: We, we are accountable. And this is why, Tony, so believers need to wake up. And when we look at what schumer had just verbalized there. The reason that's so dangerous is it's jumbling language that may that includes language we're we're used to hearing as believers references to angels a reference to god and jumbles it together to a salad and believers digest that salad without being scrutinizing about what they're digesting and realizing it's not biblical so they've just digested and and eaten something that schumer has offered up that is that is very very destructive and harmful makes a mockery of god because he's taking some language and
1: I would call it a garden salad, uh, it is. just as was dished up in the garden um, travis we're out we're out of time i wanna we didn't even get to talk about what's happening in the states as fortunately uh g o p leaders are pushing back on some of these twelve senators who uh, voted for the same sex marriage bill. We'll have to save that for another time. I think this conversation was more pressing. Thanks so much for being with us, Travis
0: thank you.
1: And folks, I want to thank you for being with us, but I also want to underscore uh, what Travis said about, you know, not discerning this jumbled together of this anti-God ideology with religious words. We need to know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God so you can detect and discern right from wrong. So I want to encourage you to be in the Word. Join us in our journey through the Bible. You can find out more about that at my website or at FRC. slash Bible. All right. Thanks for joining us. Always great to talk with you. Let me encourage you with this from the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians six, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared and when you've taken your stand, no matter what happens, just keep standing. Have a good night. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought
0: to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported.